Good morning. We are starting a new series today called Jesus Is. If you couldn't, couldn't pick that up by the creative titling there. Uh, but Jesus Is um, will be our series through Easter. It's really our spring series because it's going to go after Easter as well. Jesus Is is actually the title of a really good book by a pastor named Judah Smith. He's out in Seattle. Um, so uh, I will be using that kind of sometimes as a, a springboard for the messages, but it's not. Uh, some weeks will be a lot like the chapters in the book. Other weeks, I might just get the title of the same. All right. So um, if you're interested in that or that uh, you want to go a little deeper than what we're talking about, Jesus is by Judas Smith. Really, really good book um, for you to pick up on your own. Just give you a little plug there um, so you know where I'm headed. It's also always good for your uh, private study. As we delve into this, uh, as we go into who Jesus really is, what does he have for us? What does he mean for us? What is, I know about him and I know the stories about him and we kind of know of it, but who is he really? And so for the next few weeks, I really just, I want to kind of delve deeply into the different aspects of who Jesus is and what he has to do with our lives and our eternity. And so if you'll join with me in that endeavor, turn to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Uh, Go ahead and put a finger there. We're going to cover one of our, uh, if you were blessed enough to go to Sunday school, you will know this story. Um, if you didn't get to go to Sunday school, it's okay. Um, a lot of you didn't miss out on much. Some of you missed out on a lot. You know, it depends on where you went to church. Uh, but um, I don't know, I've been to both. You know, ones where I got smacked with a ruler and others where I got to smack other people with rulers. It was fun. So uh, anyway, um, we're going to talk about Zacchaeus today. And yes, he was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. But we're going to talk about Zacchaeus today. I couldn't help it. There's so many Sunday school songs playing in my head this morning. It's just been rough because uh, we're talking about Zacchaeus. Um, but Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus has a lot to show us about who we can, uh, who we are, and how God operates, how Jesus operates. And really, in this concept today, what we're going to cover is Jesus as friend. Jesus as friend. And I've got to be totally honest with you. I do not understand this concept of God Almighty, Savior of my soul, as my friend. This is actually an aspect of Jesus that I really struggle with connecting with. Like, how does that really work? And just full disclosure, how, how, how is, be honest with you, but how is Jesus my friend and what does that mean for me? And what do I do with that? Because it kind of sounds interesting to me. I've heard it a lot. Back five, ten years ago, um, I'm a friend of God was an extremely uh, popular song to sing on Sunday morning. Over and over again, I'm a friend of God, I'm a friend of God, I'm a friend of God. I'm singing it. I don't know if I believe it, but I'm singing it. And then I'm going to sing it some more and 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 sing it some more. Uh, If you remember that song, it repeats itself a few times. Um, But what does that mean for us? And how do I internalize that? And how do I actually change from that? And what does it actually do for me? So we're going to tackle this today. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, uh, 
I rewrote this week as I was studying the, the, the scripture and studying the Greek. I wanted to make it real accessible for us. And I kind of translated it myself. This is the, you're not going to find this in any Bible. This is the Jared translation version. I did look at the Greek, so I, it's a real translation. It's just mine. But it, sa- it says this, Jesus craves to make whole those who are broken. Jesus craves to make whole those who are broken. And the, the, what your Bible is going to say is the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, is what the, what the NIV translation will say. But I translated that to say this. Jesus craves to make whole those who are broken. To seek and save just means to, to find and to make whole. And then lost, another translation of that word is to be broken. And maybe that's a little bit easier for us to understand because I'm not lost. I got a GPS. Siri will tell me where to go. Right? I'm not lost. I know exactly where I'm at. I am in Shorewood. I'm in Juliet. This is where I'm at. I'm not lost. But broken, that you might identify with broken as a word a little bit easier. I got stuff that's just broken. The way in which I interact with my my family, my parents, my wife, my kids, something is broken. Jesus craves to make whole those who are broken. And that scripture comes right after this beautiful friendship passage with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus 19, or Zacchaeus 19, Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there, the name Zacchaeus. He was chief tax collector. All right, underline Jericho if you're following along in your Bible, and underline chief tax collector. Those are important to, uh, to understanding the scripture. Chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Now, this is the part we all remember from Sunday school that he was small. We're going to exegetically look at the scripture and maybe hopefully find out a little bit more about Zacchaeus this morning, okay? So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree <laughs> uh, to see him. And since Jesus was coming that way, <laughs> uh, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said, he is, come on down. I'm going to your house today. Uh, if you do not know that Sunday school song, you were so lost right now, and I apologize. But um, Zacchaeus, come on down immediately. I must stay at your house today. He invites himself over. All the people saw this and began to mutter. What is he doing? He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus craves to make whole those who are broken. All right, what's going on here in the scripture? There's a couple of things that maybe you just, you missed, you don't even realize where this is going on. We read it in a vacuum. And so we read Zacchaeus. We sang the song. We, we climbed up a tree, whatever it is, but we don't know where it's at in scripture. 
Zacchaeus or Jesus, Jesus is going to Jericho. He is passing through Jericho. This is really important because if you turn the page in your Bible, if you scroll to the next one, if you're using U version on your phone, what is getting ready to happen? The triumphant entry. This is the second to last week of Jesus's life. He is headed to die. This is where he's going. When he's passing through Jericho, he's not just going on a field trip with his guys. He is going through Jericho because it is the gateway to Jerusalem. He is headed to die. Jericho sits about 25, 30 miles outside of Jerusalem. There's two major trade routes and, and good road systems in Israel because of where the mountains and the deserts are. Either you go take the coastal road and you go by the coast all the way down um, from the northern part of Israel, or you go out in kind of the desert and follow the Jordan River. And that's the way Jesus must have been going because that's the way you come through Jericho. It's also interesting. Jericho holds a, an amazing place. It's one of the, probably the oldest continuously inhabited places in the, on the planet. You can go to Jer- Jericho today and you stand in a certain spot and you look down and you can see a 10,000-year-old wall. Isn't that counterintuitive? You think, I see a wall. It's up. You see a 10,000-year-old wall or the remains of a wall down because I've dug down to it. It's one of the, it's this beautiful oasis why people live in Jericho and uh, beautiful oasis. You guys wouldn't think so, but to someone living in the desert, it is paradise, okay? Uh, so um, that's why Jericho is popular. However, there's a couple things going on here. Jesus passing through Jericho to do what? To go to the triumphant entry. A couple thousand years before, there's a people called the Israelites that passed through Jericho on their way to conquering the promised land. He's following that same path. This is the beginning of the Easter story. Do you hear that narrative start to take place? Isn't that cool? That's, all. that's when I get the tingles. My arms tingle when I start putting these, what? Jesus did what? Um, sorry. Maybe that's just for me, but that's how I do it. Um, So he's going through Jericho. He's passing through Jericho. This is important because he's going to die. As he's walking through there, Zacchaeus says, you know what? I want to go see Jesus. Zacchaeus has a profession. He is a tax collector. He's not only a tax collector, he is the chief tax collector. Now, when I want to think of tax collectors, I think of the little H&R Block guy who's like, get your money back, America. You know, he's like, get your billions back. That is not Zacchaeus. While that is a wee little man and you can make those, those combinations, this is not Zacchaeus. What you need to have in your head is Don Corleone. Okay, that is who you need to have in your head when you think of Zacchaeus, just a short one, okay? So you can do it with your own godfather accents in your head. You can, you can do it now, I don't care, whatever. When you're reading the scripture, think of a mafia Don. Because that is more akin to what Zacchaeus was. Now, he might have been a wee little man, but the wee little man had a whole lot of power. He is a chief tax collector. Why do I say this? Why do I know this? Because there's a few things going on and a few things happening. As being a tax collector, this is how this would work. Um, Rome would employ Zacchaeus. And they say, listen, we need 15 denarii a year from every person in Jericho. So we think there's this many people in Jericho. And you need to give us, you know, whatever money that would be from that. I'm not going to do math in front of you. That would just be bad. 
<laughs> I will exegete Greek in front of you, but I will not do math. Uh, so, but we need 15 denarii per capita per person, you know, here in, in Jericho. Make that happen, Captain. All right. And so he says, all right, I can do that. Well, they just said, and we're going to pay you X amount of dollars for doing that. And Zacchaeus goes, hmm, well, I'm going to go collect money. What happens if I say Rome said we need 20 denarii per capita, right? Well, what happens? No one's going to know except me. And they can't say no, because if they say no to me, I go to the Roman governor and be like, these jokers aren't paying their taxes. And they come in and they kill you. Right? You have the leverage in this situation, right? Because I don't want to be crucified. It doesn't sound like a good end of the day. I will pay my taxes, whatever they may be. And so Zacchaeus has this leverage over everyone. And he probably has, since he's the chief tax collector, he's got these thugs that go out and say, hey, give me your money. And they say, okay. And they give him the money. Those guys come back. They give Zacchaeus the money. Zacchaeus gives them a share. You guys are familiar. You've all watched Godfather, right? And so this is how that goes. This is what I think of when I start reading this and I start thinking about Zacchaeus. Honestly, this is, this is how my brain works. I think of Godfather 2 and the guy in the white suit and the hat. That's who I think Zacchaeus is, all right? Just walking around. That's who I think of when I think of, if you haven't seen Godfather 2, it's on TV all the time, watch, watch it, but it's an amazing movie. But anyway, um, but that's how I get my context for who Zacchaeus is. Because that's, that, that's the kind of power that he would have had. Now, think about it as the story progresses. The chief tax collector, the head don of the area, the, the baddest man in town, he wants to see Jesus. So he gets away from the crowd, runs away. He knows he's not going to be able to see him, but he does something, probably a twofold expedition. He climbs up the sycamore tree. Well, the sycamore fig tree type thing has leaves about this big. You can easily hide in a sycamore tree. You can easily be hidden there. And so it's a couple of things I want to see, but I don't want to be seen. And so Jesus is walking around and says, hey, you. I'm like, I feel like a Looney Tunes thing. You know, the, the leaves rustle like, I'm not here. <laughs> right? right? I'm not here. And come on down. I'm going to your house today. I'm going to go have a relationship with you. Also, the sycamore fig tree that, G- that Zacchaeus is hiding in is the same kind of tree. If you read in uh, Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve are naked and they sin, what do they cover themselves with? These same stinking leaves. We've been trying to hide behind these fig leaves our whole entire humanitarian existence. That was free. But Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. This is huge. He is bringing all that he is as a rabbi, all that he is as a man into the mafia boss's house. He is giving him legitimacy, not as this pawn of Rome, but as a person, as a person who's trying to learn about God. And this is hugely transformative. This is, in the, this is a coup in society. This is like, what is happening right here? This would be like, you know, one of our pastors all of a sudden just going, hey, we're going to go hang out at uh, the, uh, one of the gangs in, in the south side of Chicago. She's like, okay, 
What's happening, people? I wish Carlos was supposed to be here this month sometime. I wish he was here this month m- morning because this would be perfect, but it didn't happen. Uh, Carlos is a, a reformed gangbanger who uh, is now an amazing pastor, um, and we helped, plan, helped him plan a church. Actually, I didn't, but you guys did. Uh, helped him plan a church uh, some years ago, and he's going to be here soon. But anyway, um, what's happening is, is Jesus is going into this house, this house that probably is not like, you know, the most religious-friendly area. Things go on at this house. If you are a mafia don, it's probably not where you would expect to find a rabbi. Does it make sense? Okay, he's going. There's parties that happen at this place, but they ain't the parties that Jesus goes to. Well, maybe it was because he finds himself in all kinds of weird places. But he goes there. He enters his space. He doesn't say, oh, you got to come to me. You got to be clean enough to come talk to me. I'm going to go to your house. I'm going to enter into your place. And what happens when a rabbi at this time enters someone's house is their whole entourage and everybody in the community is basically invited. So Jesus has said, hey, Zacchaeus, get down from the tree. We're all, this whole crowd, going to your house for chicken. <laughs> right? And Zacchaeus is like, okay. And so you can imagine, like, all right, well, we're going to have a little party in the foyer of my house. And so now 150, 200, whatever people are cramming into his house, waiting to see what in the world is Jesus going to say to Zacchaeus? Oh, and you got some of them got to be like, oh, he's just going to rip him a new one, right? He's just going to lay into him. You're cheating people. <laughs> You know, that's what you kind of want. If I've been cheated and people are stealing money, oh, come on, beat him up, Jesus. Just take him down. We know you like you can kill him and then raise him back to the dead. It's cool. <laughs> torture. I got your torture right here. That's not what happens. What does Jesus say to him? That, I don't know what he says to him, but something in this conversation just shatters the makeup of who Zacchaeus is, and he wants, he yearns, he needs to be made whole. Jesus craves to make whole those who are broken. Jesus does this in this conversation. We don't know, we don't have the words, I wish we did, but something about the way in which Jesus enters his life starts this process of making whole. He repents from what he's doing and says, if I cheated anybody, I'm giving it back. Whatever Rome's paying me, that's fine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna steal anymore. And then Jesus does something. This is a coup. This is crazy talk. He says, this man is actually a true son of Abraham. He is a true Jew. He is a true, he's, he's in line. Because what he had done and who he was as a tax collector was he was everything that the Jews hated. He was a total, like, turn away and walk away from the faith. He was as abhorrent of a person as you possibly can get. And Jesus is reinstating him and saying, this is a true son of Abraham. Do you see this beauty that's happening here? He says that, and then he says, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus craves to make whole those who are broken. A couple things. Zacchaeus is broken. It's evident. Zacchaeus is broken. He's got things wrong with him. He, his sins are pretty egregious. His sins you can see pretty easily. When you're extorting money from people, it's a oh, bad guy, right? But that's who he is. He's, he's broken, and he knows he's broken because otherwise he wouldn't want to see who Jesus is. 
And I think some of us, we can identify with who's that. We are broken people as well. There's other things. Maybe we're not extorting people for money, but we've got things that are just broken inside us. Next thing that happens here is this. Zacchaeus is hidden. Who he is, is he's in that tree for a reason. He doesn't want the people of the community to know that he's interested in Jesus. They won't think I'm hard enough. They won't think I'm mean enough. They won't think I, I'll lose some of my mystique. So he's hiding himself up in a sycamore tree. And Jesus tears that apart. Come on down. Not only come on down and have a conversation with me, but I'm coming into your house. Not let's just stay out here and have a conversation, but I'm going to go where you do life, where you live, and I'm going to step right into your intimate places. I think some of us have been hiding for a while. We try to hide ourselves from Jesus. We try to hide ourselves from, from life. We step away from that. I want to build as many walls as I possibly can. Jesus sees you. And he loves you anyway. Another thing I think really applies to us is Jesus, or Jesus makes Zacchaeus whole. He doesn't just forgive him and let him repent from where he's at. He lets him repent and then he elevates him, right? He doesn't just let him go, oh, okay, yeah, that's great. You're going to give back money. Awesome. Good start. There we go. Okay. I like what you're doing there. I'm going to go on to Jerusalem. Thanks. Have... No, he takes the time. There's repentance, but then Jesus says, you know what? Now we're going to build you up in the eyes of this whole community. Instead of just leaving this go where it is, I'm going to say, all right, everyone here, you want, want to watch this? I'm going to really twist the knife about the forgiveness of this guy. You are a full son of Abraham. You are important. As this is, think about the timing of when Jesus is doing this. This is beautiful. He is going in two weeks' time. The death and resurrection is going to happen. What Jesus is doing as a friend is, one, friend to Zacchaeus. He's been a friend to a couple people here. As a friend to Zacchaeus, he is saying, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to see you. I'm going to make you whole. To his disciples who are following him around, they don't know what's going to happen in two weeks. Jesus has been saying some crazy stuff about dying, but they don't really believe him yet. There's, they, don't know, they don't know what's going to happen. Jesus is saying, listen, listen, listen. If you're going to carry this on, if you're going to be a friend, you've got to see how I do this. And he's given them the perfect example of it doesn't matter if you are in Corinth, if you're in Ephesus, if you're in Jerusalem, if you're in Jericho. This is how you love and make whole people. You go into their home and you love them, you lift them up, you restore them, and you make them whole. He's doing several things here all at once in this last, one of these last weeks of his life. Jesus craves to make those who are broken whole. Some of us today find ourselves in a place where we are broken. If we're honest with ourselves, that we've been hiding, we've been building nice facades up, but we are broken. Jesus wants to make you whole. That's what Easter becomes all about. What it is all about, making you whole. Not just for today, not just for your issues, tomorrow before eternity.
totally redeeming, totally restoring you. Jesus, in this moment, does a few things that I think we do as friends, that we need to do as friends, and be the kind of friends that he is to us. First thing is, Jesus always restores. He always restores. There's a situation, he's not going in there and blowing it up. Have you ever been in a relationship, and uh, maybe you were the blower up, or they were the blower up? But there was a tension in the relationship. There's something going on. And all of a sudden, there's an argument, there's a fight, there's an issue, there's whatever it is. And then the relationship goes. Right? The friendship of God restores. And as I participate in that restoration, I also want to be the kind of friend who brings that to the party. How do I become the peacemaker? How do I become the, the restorer? How do I bring the goody out of the bad? That doesn't mean there's not hard conversations. If you're restoring a piece of furniture, what's the first thing you do? You rip all the junk off, right? You put acid on it, and you watch it bubble up, and it gets uglier, before it gets better. This is what Jesus, Jesus isn't leaving Zacchaeus. His love for Zacchaeus is, oh, it's fine that you're ripping everybody off and you're a dawn and you're, you're just a total jerk and you're making people miserable. Oh, I love you. That's not what Jesus is doing. Something in that conversation, something in that, that, that communication with Zacchaeus, something in that bumping up of the two said, you know what? I'm going to give back not once, not twice, not three times, four times as much money to everybody I've cheated. And I'm telling you people, that was a lot of Money. He's basically Bernie Sandersing the whole stinking community. He's just throwing it out there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Couldn't help it. Uh, he is just throwing it out there, throwing it out there, throwing it out there. Because whether he is totally reshaping the, the, the social economic value of the whole town. He really is. And we can plus or minus Bernie Sanders, but I'm, if you look what it is, it's social con- the socialism of saying, hey, and Christianity's got a lot of it in it. Read Acts, Acts and you'll be like, oh, that's in there? But I vote differently. Um, well, that scripture stuff will get, in, get to you. Um, and so you start reading that, but think about it four times. If you had your tax return back four times over, what could you do? That changes everything about your life. Zacchaeus' one-man show is changing the whole stinking community because of his repentance. And Jesus knows it, and Jesus sees it. And Jesus, I think just Jesus just didn't care anymore. I'm going to die. You know what? I can go into this scary man's house. <laughs> yeah, he can off me. It ain't going to happen. I got a bigger mission. He just doesn't care anymore. I'm going to go into this guy's house, and I'm going to, look, we're going to swing for the fences. What happens if I go, I mean, he probably looked at Peter like, what happens if we like, you know, Zacchaeus changes his ways. Peter's like, oh, I got a sword. <laughs> so, right? so Jesus goes in and changes. He restores Zacchaeus and it's this monumental. It doesn't just change Zacchaeus' life. And this is why I talked about the whole political thing. It doesn't just change Zacchaeus' life. It changes the whole community. The whole town of Jericho is flipped on its head because of this act of one man being restored by God. Do you hear that? 
It can happen for you. It can happen for me. This is what Jesus does. He always restores. And in our friendships and in the way in which we interact with people, we have to have the mindset of how do I help restore someone here in this time? Second thing, Jesus' love and his friendship always builds up. He looks for the best. He elevates. He doesn't leave a conversation worse than he found it. He doesn't, the only people he ever yells at are the religious elite. And, he yelled, and when he yells, he yells. But he never picks on the prostitutes. He never picks on the tax collectors. He never picks on those people. He always elevates them. Repentance happens, but he builds them up, just like he does at Zacchaeus, right? He doesn't leave him in a place of this moral weirdness. He says, this is a man. He is a true son of Abraham. He is setting him up for success. He always makes to look whole, or always looks to make whole. We can't be the person who makes people whole, right? We don't have that power. <clears throat> if you continually try to be, make people whole, you will get stalkers, or you will be a stalker. I, that's not even a joke. You, that's what happens. When we take on the pressure and take on the responsibility of fixing someone else, bad things happen. That's not what happens. Jesus does that. But we can look for the opportunity to bring Jesus into their lives. We look for that. We can help bring justice to their life. We can help build up. We can help encourage. Who can we help feel whole by pointing to Jesus? Who in our life can we build up? Who in our life can we help restore? Jesus craves to make whole those who are broken. This morning, we're going to take communion. And um, come on forward, ushers. We're going to take communion. And I think there's, this is a beautiful way to conclude this message because what communion is, is this idea of Jesus breaking himself so that we can be whole. If Jesus craves to make whole those who are broken, the com taking communion is the epitome act of this. The epitome of brokenness making whole. Jesus pouring out his blood, breaking of his body to make us whole. Here at Shore Church of God, we believe in open communion. If you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you are more than welcome to take uh, communion with us. You don't have to go through a class or sign anything or anything like that. Just you are welcome to take communion with us. So let me pray over this, and then we'll take at your own leisure. Think about it at your, your own time uh, as Jimmy leads us in a worship song. So I will not come back up and lead us in communion. Take it in your own time. God, thank you so much for what you did on the cross. Thank you so much for what you did for Zacchaeus and what you want to do for me. Thank you that you don't, that broken things drive you crazy. That your drive in existence is to fix broken ones. And God, as, as a chief broken person, God, I thank you for how you make me whole, how you put me back together, how you fix me. And God, thank you so much for the cross. Thank you for breaking of your body. Thank you for the pouring out of your blood as you make me new, as you purchase me as you make a new creation out of me. As I once was filthy, as I once was like Zacchaeus, 
that you redeem me and restore me and can make me your son. God, for any of those of us in here who just feel broken, God, I pray that you draw close to them. I pray right here and right now in this moment that they could reach out to you and ask you to be Lord of their life, to put them back together. God, we love you, and we're trying to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Jesus craves to make whole the broken. Wherever you find yourself on that, one, we get to participate in the process of making whole, people whole, or I hope that gives you hope that no matter how broken you are, Jesus wants to make you whole. Uh, before we leave, I want to say something. Um, I mentioned politics a little bit, and I don't want you to think that I'm making fun of Bernie Sanders or that I'm voting for Bernie Sanders or I'm not voting for Bernie Sanders. I don't, I don't really get into that, but I will say this. My heart is broken over our political system right now. And um, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, I don't, I have my own views and we can talk about that outside of the pulpit. But I know this, my heart is broken over this. And we as a church, as a people, have to be praying for our country and have to be praying for our leadership, no matter whoever they are. Um, and so I just, I don't want you to go away from here like, well, Jared's getting political in the messages. I'm not trying to. It's just out of brokenness of my own heart, sometimes things come out, right? Um, and so uh, I want to pray for our country as we close today and pray because we vote in this building. A lot of you vote, vote right here uh, in this building in a couple Tuesdays from now. Um, and it's, it matters. It really does. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. And as we pray for wholeness, as we pray for brokenness, God, I can't help but be placed on my heart that our country is in a broken place. And God, I ask you for your wisdom and your guidance to pervade and for you to take a hand in this election. And God, if this is time for the church to actually be the church and quit relying on government, God, that we would have the power to do that. And God, that you would give us the, the wisdom to seek your face in all of our decisions whether they're policy and whether they're how we lead our family. But God, I pray for discernment. I pray for you to guide us in all the decisions that we make. As we live a life that we want to run from brokenness and run straight into your arms that gives wholeness and gives meaning. And we pray that for our country as well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you all the days of your life. You are dismissed.